This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Genesis 49.22. 49.22, he says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archer solely grieved him, shot at him, hated him, but his bow abode in strength and his arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brothers, separate from his brethren. Now, Jacob, he now, like he takes a, a, a palette and a brush and he paints a beautiful picture. And he's, gonna, he's painting the picture now to illustrate who Joseph is. And in this picture, Jacob the painter paints a picture to illustrate Joseph. And he's got a picture of a well, a wall, and of a fruitful vine. And he says, this fruitful vine is planted by a well. He paints that. The fruitful vine is planted by a well. And then he says, this fruitful vine has fruitful branches Branches of the fruitful vine. And he paints that. And these branches are running up to and over the wall. And as if Joseph, Jacob is so excited here that he's saying to everyone, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you all see it? There's a well. This well is full of water. And the earth around this well is moist. It's wet with water. And can you see that planted right by the well is a vine? And that vine is drawing from the water that the well is, is giving to the ground? And because it has this hidden source of water, this vine is bearing fruit. It's bearing a lot of fruit. 
And this vine is, is, this vine is bearing so much fruit, it's called a fruitful vine. And then he's saying, this vine is not staying in one place. This vine is spreading itself out, and it's growing out of its place. And look, there's a wall there. There's a wall. And normally these vines will stay inside the wall. Not this vine. Not this vine. This vine is reaching out, and it has extended itself right along the ground up to the base of the wall. And then this, this vine has stretched itself up the wall, and then this vine has continued to grow down over the wall. And as if the vine, the vine has stretched itself over the wall, it's like the vine now is speaking to the people on the other side of the wall, and the vine is saying, oh, look, everyone outside the wall. This vine is talking now. I've come from moist ground by the well. I've come across the land to, on the other side, up to the wall. I've come up the wall. I've come over the wall. I've stretched myself. I've reached forth to you on the other side of the wall. And I've done this because I want you to enjoy my fruit. I brought you fruit. And we can imagine Jacob looking at all his son and saying, can you see the picture I just painted for you? Can you see how life-giving this well is to make the ground so moist that this vine can grow so well? And can you see how unusual this vine is? Is that it has not stayed here by the well? but that this vine has run along the ground. It's run up the wall. It's run over the wall. It's reached over to the other side of the wall. Can you see that because this vine ran over the wall, that now the people on the other side of the wall, they're able to enjoy the fruit, the fruit from this unusual fruitful bough. And it's almost as if Jacob will then say, will you join me in applauding this vine? for how it drew so much water from the well that it was able to be so fruitful? It's like you say to his sons, will you join me in applauding this vine for having a vision to feed the people on the other side of the wall? I know you're all gonna call the loony house after this day. You gotta see that Tom Cantor, he's out of his mind. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Will you join me, like Jacob is saying, will you join me in applauding this vine for having the courage to travel to the other side of the wall, to feed the people on the other side of the wall. And then Jacob says, the vine is Joseph. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough. And this is what, this is what he said, this, he could say, he, Jacob could say, this is what I mean by Joseph is a fruitful vine. Joseph was here at home at Canaan before he was sold as a slave. And he went to, and, he, and then he went into Egypt all alone. And going, to e going into Egypt was like Joseph was the vine traveling over the wall to the other side of the well wall. I mean, when Joseph was at home, he was a fruitful vine. Joseph, he was a fruitful vine as a son at home when he was with his father. Joseph was a fruitful vine at home caring for the sheep. Joseph was a fruitful vine at home revealing his dreams to the family. Joseph was a fruitful vine telling his father uh, uh, what his brothers were up to so he could, they could, he could stop the evil that they were up to. He was a fruitful vine when he traveled so long, far to bring his brothers something from home and, and he was caring for his brothers. He was a fruitful vine because he drew his strength 
from the water of the presence of God. And he was a fruitful vine by a well. The well is God. And he's drawing the water. But then Joseph, as a fruitful vine, he ran over to the wall, over the wall, into Egypt. Into Egypt. When he was sold as a slave, and then over the wall, Joseph was a fruitful vine, bringing the fruit of the knowledge of God, Elohim, into the house of Potiphar. As he stood for God, as he refused to commit adultery with uh, Potiphar's wife, called it a great sin against Elohim. And over the wall, Joseph was a fruitful vine in Egypt in prison. As he told the prisoners, interpretations to your dreams belong to God. And over the wall, Joseph is a fruitful vine in Egypt telling Pharaoh, there's only one God, Elohim. And over the wall, Joseph is a fruitful vine teaching in Egypt the senators of Egypt and, and all of Egypt about the goodness of God, about how God is so good. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Now, we look at a picture like that, and then we can ask the question, are we, what about us? Are we just staying by the well, by the well with our Christian friends, with our Christian family, or are, willing to, are we willing to be a fruitful vine that goes out over the wall and brings the gospel to the lost? Like Adina and Randy over there, who are missionaries to a very dangerous part of Nigeria right now. And, you know, I've called Joseph as a bow. I've called him a vine. Actually, the word is bane, it's son. He's a fruitful son. And the branches, are they call them branches, it's really the word daughters. But it doesn't matter. But the picture, because the picture that Jacob is painting here, it's clearly that of a vine. It's a vine, and, and he speaks of the branches running over the wall. But Jacob in his picture has only described one vine, just one vine. And this single vine has traveled over the wall, it's because Jacob saw Joseph was all alone in Egypt. There was no church for him to go to. There were no believing friends that he had. He was all alone. And Joseph had been separate, as he said, separated from his brethren. He was separated from his family. And that's what he says in verse 26, Genesis 49, 26, him that was separate from his brethren, Genesis 49, 26. And this beautiful picture that Jacob has painted of Joseph, as if Jacob is saying, he's saying, look at Joseph. He's such a fruitful vine. He's run over the wall. Look at how all alone he went over the wall. Look at how there's no other vines. And again, he would say, will you applaud Joseph for his courage to go alone into Egypt, to the Egyptian people, to help the Egyptian people? And then Joseph used a very important word when he described how Joseph moved over the wall and implying when he went to Egypt. And so in verse 22, whose branches run over the wall, run over the wall. The word we have in English is run. It's the word, Hebrew word, sa'ad, sa'ad, sa'ad. It's a root word. It's a Hebrew root word. Always when you want to know what the Hebrew word means, you don't necessarily want to ask an Israeli because they'll tell you what the current meaning is. You want to know the biblical meaning, so you look in the Bible for how it's used. And this word is used in Psalm 68.7, Psalm 68.7, where it says, O God, 
thou wentest forth before thy people when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah. And David says, Selah, that's, that's telling you, just stop right here and think about what was just said, about that last statement. So in here, he is describing how God, before the, the children of Israel in the Sinai desert, for their 40 years, God was a cloud by day. He was a pillar, by, a pillar of fire by night. He was always in front of the children of Israel. And David says, during that time, God was going before his people. And he said, during that time, God did march, sa'ad, through the wilderness. Another place it's used, another place the word sa'ad is used in Habakkuk 3.12, Habakkuk 3.12. We're talking about what God did. Thou didst march, sa'ad, through the land of indignation. Thou didst stretch the heathen in anger. Again, this word sa'ad. What we're really getting here is the picture that the word sa'ad has within it a purposeful march, a purposeful march. And this is the word that Jacob has used to describe Joseph. He said this, this idea of the purposeful march has permeated the thought here. You know, Joseph did not see himself in Egypt because those no good brothers of mine sold me into Egypt, that's why I'm here. No, he didn't see it that way. Joseph did not see himself in Egypt because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. What can I say? If only I had just returned home and not persisted to go find my brothers, I wouldn't be here. No, that's not how he looked at it. All those thoughts are, are look what happened to me. Woe is me. But those are not consistent with the word sa'ad. Sa'ad, of Joseph purposefully marching into Egypt. And there's two ways that Joseph could have gone into Egypt as a sold slave. He could have gone into Egypt dragging his heels and saying, I don't want to be a slave in Egypt. A Jewish boy should not be a slave in Egypt. Could have gone into Egypt or that way, or he could have gone into Egypt with Sa'ad, with a purposeful pace saying, I've been sent by God into Egypt, and I'm going into Egypt. I'm marching with purpose into Egypt. Doesn't matter the circumstances. God sent me. And that's how Joseph came into Egypt. That's how he saw himself coming into Egypt with a tsa'ad lift in his step. This is what Joseph said to his brothers when he was in Egypt in, in Genesis 45.5. Genesis 45.5. Now, therefore... Be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph has saying to his brother, you may have sold me as a slave to go to Egypt, which you did, but that's not how I see it. I see it as God did send me before you to preserve life. He knew his life purpose was to bring people out of the darkness of death into the light of life of God. And so Joseph gave himself to this work of life bringing, of a life bringer to men. He's not passive in his life work of bringing men into eternal life through Elohim, through, through God. And he's saying that if God sent me, then I'm marching with Sa'ad. There's a great purpose in my step. And he saw himself as a fruitful vine. And, he, and, and the fruit that Joseph gave was the fruit of life. It's the fruit of life. It's what King Solomon talked about in Proverbs 11.30. Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, 
and he that winneth souls is wise. Fruit of Joseph was life. And what Joseph was doing in Egypt was winning souls. Winning souls from the prisoners, winning souls from the soul of Pharaoh, winning the souls of the senators of Egypt, winning the souls of all the Egyptians. He was constantly winning souls. He was constantly bringing them to life through God, through, through repentance and faith in Jehovah Jesus, to the, who would forgive their sins, who would cleanse their sins, and he was doing that. So we've seen now what Jacob meant when he described Joseph in Genesis 49:22, as Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. And now we're seeing Joseph as a fruitful bough. We come to the question for us, in other words, what are these lessons that we can learn from having seen this about Joseph as a fruitful vine? Well, first, when we read that Joseph was a fruitful bough, we're faced with the question, am I a fruit-bearing believer? Am I a Christian who's bearing fruit? Fruit is what the Lord wants to have from our lives. The Lord Jesus said that God deals with us individually in our lives with one design, bring out more fruit. It says in John 15, 2, John 15, 2, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. But the first part, what he said is scary. He takes it away. We read about that in, in regard to the communion in 1 Corinthians 11, 25 through 31. It says that we should examine ourselves, make sure there's no sin before we take communion because for this cause, people doing this in verse 30, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty. for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep, that's death. If a person comes to communion and he doesn't deal with his own sin by self-examination, by confessing, by forsaking, and just takes it lightly like that, very big danger of dying. And so the Lord brings troubles into our lives because he wants to bring forth fruit. He wants more fruit. Joseph was a fruitful bough. Lots of troubles, lots of fruit. Leads us to ask the question, what fruit? What is the fruit that God wants in my life? What's the fruit? One fruit is praising him, praising the Lord. It says in Hebrews 13, 15, 13, 15, Hebrews. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What's the enemy of that? Bitterness and anger. Bitterness and anger are the enemies of being fruitful by thankful to God and praising him. Good question for us now as we sit here is to ask the question today, what have I specifically thanked God for? apart from the food that we're about to eat. What have I specifically praised God for? The fruit that God is looking for in our lives is detailed for us in Galatians 5, Galatians 5.22, Galatians 5.22. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, it's joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. <clears throat> and they that are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. It's called the fruit of the Spirit because it's the Spirit of God that will generate this fruit. And it leads us to the next question. What do I need to do to have the Spirit of God generate fruit in me? What we see in the second description of Joseph, 
tells it all. Joseph is a fruitful bough, second description. Even a fruitful bough by a well, by a well. That describes the reason why Joseph was a fruitful bough is because he was planted by a well. The well speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the woman who came to the well. She stooped, she drank, she lived. And so the well is described in John 4.10, John 4.10, John 4.10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, he would have given thee living water. John 4.14, 14, verse 14, John 4.14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water spring up into everlasting life. John 7, 37, John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Then Jeremiah 2, 13, the tragedy verse, Jeremiah 2, 13. My people have committed two evils. Here's, a, here's another catastrophe. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Well, when we see when we see Joseph as a fruitful bough, it poses the question: Am I by the well? Am I by the well? Did I read my Bible today? Did I read my Bible today where, to where I was actually drinking in the water of God's word today? What specifically did God give to me today? from the well of his Bible today? That's the question. Then when we see Joseph as a fruitful vow, and we see those branches running over the wall, it poses the question, am I bringing fruit, the fruit of eternal life, the gospel fruit to the lost that are on the other side of the walls in my life? If I was to ask you, let's say next Sunday, I said, okay, uh, we're gonna have a special potluck, you know, great food, it's gonna be free, bring your lost friends. And if you responded, say, I don't have any lost friends. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. That's tragic. We need to go over the wall. We need to have lost friends so we can bring them the fruit of, of the gospel. And then we see with this word described as run, sa'ad, run. It's a purposeful march. It brings us the question, am I intentionally, with purpose, do I have a mission to bring the gospel to the lost? Or do I passively wait for someone to ask me? Is my idea of, of, of gospel fishing to put a sign in a boat that says, if any fish would like to be caught, just jump in this boat? <laughs> or do I intentionally go out fishing for the lost, going out there? Now, when we see the circumstances of Joseph being sold as a slave and how he said that he was being sent by God, it poses us the question, am I willing to God send me like that over the wall? Am I willing for God to take me out of my comfort zone, out of the sphere of all my Christian friends, to be sent over the wall like that? Am I willing to let, let God do that? So these are the lessons that we see tonight as we consider this verse 22, Genesis 49, 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough, by a well whose branches run over the wall. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for making Joseph a fruitful bough. Thank you, Lord, for being with Joseph and for showing us how Joseph stood by you. He didn't turn his back on you. He didn't see his shadow. 
Thank you, Lord, for causing Joseph to go with purpose where you sent him. And help us to be like Joseph in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.